Before we get started with the podcast, a brief note from me, Andy, the audio engineer for All Things Pilates. COVID has had a big impact on how we record the interviews, and the quality of the recording is not always perfect. Please pardon these minor issues as we continue to bring you great conversations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Things Pilates. I'm Darian Gold. Arms come down. Make sure that front leg is bent and reach up, 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 up. Good. And again. And exhale and exhale and deepen your exhale as the carriage comes in. Today, I have a mystery for you that will surely pique your interest. It all began when my guest, Nora Gomez Deers, was in Bob Leakin's certification program, the Pilates Standard. A culminating requisite was to research a part of the Pilates history. Bob mandated that all of his graduates dig deep into the life of Joseph Pilates or the apparatus he invented and share those results with the other students. Nora chose the jump board, an added accessory to the reformer. Looking to find out how the jump board came to be, she learned it wasn't even in existence when Joe was alive. In fact, Nora discovered there was more than one story of its invention. My own recollection in the mid-1990s was during one of my visits to New York City's Drago's Gym, where Romana Krizanowska continued Joe's work. She told the other students and me that people connected to the NASA space program came to her and asked if she could figure out a way for the astronauts to continue to stay healthy in space. We were all led to believe that Romana had thought up the jump board idea. But that story doesn't seem to be the only one, because when Nora, our guest, in the course of researching the jump board's origins, learned of an entirely different story. Nora is here to share with us this other account of when the jump board was invented, why the jump board was invented, and lastly, and more importantly, who invented it. Nora Gomez Deers is from Naples, Florida, and is distinguished by having four Pilates certifications, owning and operating a successful Pilates studio, and has expanded her skill set to include that of a Pilates detective. Hi, Nora. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today on All Things Pilates. So, Nora. For our listeners who have never even heard of the jump board until maybe even today, will you explain what it is and how it's used? So currently, the jump board is a piece of accessory added to the front of the reformer. And by front, I mean where the springs are attached to the gear bar. It is most of the time designed to be made out of wood, some padding and leather. Although some manufacturers do make it more of a rebounding material, so it's a little bit more has a little bit more of a give. The dimensions do vary depending on the size of the apparatus, as well as the designed choreography from the training school. So some of them tend to be a little smaller, probably more about. 18 inches wide by about 30 inches high. And some of them can get quite large, uh, probably about, you know, a good 30 by 30. It just depends on the training school and it depends on the material. 
and explain how you use it. So the, again, it depends on the training program that you participate in. Some of them are used more as a cardiovascular element during the use of the reformer. And for other instructors, the usage is more rehabilitational in its form. There is no right and wrong. There is more of a classical trend is to be more used as a rehabilitational tool. In a more contemporary use, it is used more as a cardiovascular tool. And you are on your back the whole time? Not necessarily. Again, it depends on your school of thought and training in the classical format. It is on the back. For those who work in a more contemporary format, they have developed exercises that are done in a seated position as well. Interesting. And maybe even on the side. Um, Yes. Some people lie sideways to jump on it. Some people sit on it to jump from it. Again, sky's the limit in terms of the creativity. But if we are looking at the original designed methodology for the jump board, it was definitely to be used on your back for rehabilitational purposes. And why did you decide to choose the jump board as your project? So this is all Bob Leakin's fault. (laughs) He encouraged those of us who participated in his LEAP program in New York before his passing that if we were to teach a workshop of any of his material to have a very clear understanding of what were we teaching and the historical perspective of either the apparatus or the work. And two years ago, I decided to teach a jump board workshop. And the information that came provided by the Pilates standard, I felt was a little too brief. And hearing that little voice saying, make sure you really understand what you're teaching, I then uh, reached out to Phoebe Higgins. And I said, given that you were Bob's teacher and you worked for over 20 years with Romana, can you add to this information that I have in our written material? And that was the springboard of the desire to understand where exactly this accessory came from and its original intent. When we talked in preparation for this interview, you mentioned another type of jump board called the Shuttle 2000. Will you explain what that is? It's called the CM2000. The CM, CMC, I'm sorry, the CMC2000, Shuttle 2000, was or is a piece of rehabilitational equipment designed by a mechanical engineer called Gary Graham. And for those who are not familiar with the historical progression of how the original Pilates studio ownership worked, we're talking around the period around 1987 or so when We Tai Ong purchased the Pilates studio in New York is when Phoebe and Carrie Regan first see this piece of apparatus in the Pilates studio. 
they, neither one of them have any recollection of how we got there and how did we tie own found out about this piece of apparatus. They do remember using it. Um, if you look online, you can see images because it's a piece of equipment that is still manufactured to this day. Oh. Carrie very vividly described it as you sat on it like in a recumbent bike and it was like a little bit of like a race car because it had little handles and it had eight bungee cords that you pushed against and then you jumped off this board or this this very meshy pliable material and i think it is at that point that the histories begin to get a little confusing because it is this gentleman gary graham who was working with a group of scientists to develop some cardiovascular enhancement techniques for NASA. So I think that the Romana story of the jump board and NASA is very loose in its interpretation, but it is factual that the shuttle 2000 was in her space. She could see the functionality of it. And that probably was an inspirational point for her. Nobody has been able to clarify that NASA was ever in contact with Romana. I actually went ahead and call called Gary Graham, and he was extremely gracious. And I asked him, I said, did you ever sell a shuttle 2000 to a Pilates studio in New York around this era? He actually had his brother look through all of their sale itemized catalog or archives. And they said, no, we have no record of ever selling one of these to a Pilates studio in New York. Was it just a prototype then that, that Carrie and Phoebe saw? No, no, that was already, that piece of equipment was already in production in 1985. So it already had at least a two to three year run of production before they saw it. We just don't know how it appeared in the studio. And no. are we talking the 56th Street studio or Drago's? Carrie and Phoebe were not able to clarify that. I asked that question and unfortunately it never got clarified for me. I don't remember seeing anything like that at Drago's. I think it was only there for about a year. Okay. So I think that's what it was very, very, very short. I mean, I asked also um, several other instructors that Phoebe put me in contact with, and they don't remember it being there either. I think it was very, very short-lived in the studio. In the introduction, I shared a little of the story that Romana told us about the jump board, but simultaneously, a or around the same time, something was occurring on the West Coast. Can you share what was happening? Before Nora answers that question, you may recall that I've talked about the importance of breathing and its role in the Pilates method. A resource I use frequently is The Breathing Book by Donna Fari. In it, she discusses how breathing affects sleep, 
memory, energy level, and concentration. But if we aren't breathing correctly due to anxiety connected to either COVID, for some on the West Coast, the wildfires, or the overall economic uncertainty, I have a remedy for you. I want you to spend five minutes every day sitting quietly and focusing on your breath. This will help calm your nervous system, resulting in better sleep, sharper memory, more energy, and increased concentration. And now, back to Detective Nora and the Jump Board Mystery. So, this is happening, this whole part of the story, I have to say, I have to give many thanks to Deborah Callway and Ken Endelman and Michael Podwell for clarifying this part of the story. The St. Francis Hospital had a large rehabilitation program for dancers. We need to backtrack for a moment. Around the early 80s, is my understanding, the San Francisco Ballet did some renovations to a building and they did not apply floating floors for the dancers. They were pretty much jumping on cement, wood on cement, and they got very injured very quickly. They were then going to the rehab hospital, the St. Francis Hospital for Rehab. And in a dance movement conference, they invited, let me get his name for you, Dr. Garrick. Patricia Whitesell, who was the director of the program for the PT program, invited Dr. Garrick to and Dr. Silverman to sort of participate in the lectures and explaining about their injuries. And it's in this conference where both of these physicians are introduced to the Pilates method. In the process of this conference, they come to realize that Ron Fletcher is also in California. And they begin to pool resources in terms of how can we introduce more Pilates work to the dancers for rehabilitation. And many of them at that point were already using the reformer. The anecdotes that I hear from Deborah Colway and several others is, is that as part of their rehab training, particularly for jumping, they had the dancers jumping off the foot bar, obviously with very light springs. Unfortunately, sometimes dancers would miss and they would punch their physical therapists in their abdomen. And some of them, they also tell me, put holes on walls when they would push the reformers against the wall if they were not comfortable using the foot bar. Then they decided to reach out to Ken Endelman and have a meeting of the minds in terms of, okay, how can we create something that is safer for everybody. And in that meeting, Deborah Colby was present, Eve Gentry, Ron Fletcher, Kathy Grant. Romana was invited, but she was not able to attend. And Eve, in that meeting, basically shares with them that she had created what they're trying to design around the early 1970s with her husband, and she already had it attached to her own reformer at home. 
and it was a jump board. So based on that information, they then deferred to Ken, who was obviously the manufacturer, and he both expanded the length of the jump board in that meeting. He said, well, if we're going to do that, then we need to expand the length, which is something that Eve had not done. And he then came up with a mechanism of attaching it to where the foot bar is. So that meeting, again, happened around the late 80s, around 87, 88. So it's very interesting that Tai Ohm in New York has this Shuttle 2000, which has a jumping element for cardiovascular enhancement. And meanwhile, all of these other Pilates instructors are then creating a jump board and re, sort of redesigning the actual reformer in order to accommodate this for rehabilitational purposes. So it's very interesting that it all happened within the span of about three years. And with Romana not being in that meeting, the sense from Phoebe and Carrie is that Romana had a very good relationship with Eve. So their sense is that Romana was probably not not aware of what Eve had created. She may just have not physically seen it, but she understood what Eve had. And I think they theorized that by seeing the Shuttle 2000, possibly having these conversations with Eve, that that may have been her springboard of inspiration to then have these conversations with Graz and create that partnership. To me, it's a little bit of a sort of reformer renaissance, right? Where things just sort of happened creatively and organically around the same time and inspiration came from different places, but they pretty much arrive. All of these elders arrive in the same place with the same ideas. And what was also fascinating to me is that they pretty much agreed that this is something that Joe would have embraced. What also was fascinating to me is that they were all very clear that it was for rehabilitational purposes. And they pretty much stuck to that format for many, many years without necessarily having conversations. They just were sort of following Joe's thought process along the work. And they mirrored each other without necessarily being in each other's studios. It's, it's almost like Joe sort of organized their thought process just as he has organized his thought process of the systematic approach to the work. And they created all this work in sort of that systematic format and did not change it very much. That's incredibly fascinating. I love your description. Thank you so much. You're, you're helping clarify a lot of that mystery because if you read on some of the postings on Facebook, it's, it has been quite a mystery. You're welcome. You know, I have to say that I had to really do my due diligence. I wanted to, I started in the, with the Romana group because that was who I had access to. And Amy and Rachel Alperens really opened the communication to the Ron Fletcher, the Eve Gentry lineage, 
I had fortunately taken uh, a workshop with um, Leilani and I was able to reach out to her and say, well, where does Kathy Grant fall in this? And I had also been quite a bit at Roberta Kirschenbaum's studio. And I said, where does Carola Trier? I felt that it was necessary for me to open up and look at it from a very wide angle, from the perspective of all the elders. And Carola Trier from Roberta's um, information never had a jump board and did not really use the reformer in a jumping format. Kathy Grant, although she was at that meeting in California, never adopted that and just continued to work. And if she wanted to do some jumping, she would use the foot bar. We know that Eve had a jump board. Ron integrated some of that work into his own equipment. And we know Romana did. So I found it fascinating that I needed to really open up the conversation to then find that there was a great level of commonality. So although it was very a very wide angle that I casted, I also found that it was very narrow focused with all of them. Eve Gentry, where is the original jump board? Is it exist? Uh, Kevin Bowen has it. That would be fantastic to have a photo of that. In the past few years, he bought the studio from Michelle Larson, and Michelle had all of G- Eve's equipment, and it's Kevin who now has access to that. And I did speak to Kevin, and he did ask Michelle some questions about Eve, and we can say with pretty much with exactitude, Michelle went to study with Eve in 1973 and the jump board was already there. When Deborah Colway went to study with Eve, she was that much more elderly. And although Deborah was also a dancer, Eve never used the jump board with Deborah. Okay. So again, very, very a la Joe, right? They really taught what they felt was necessary to each of their students. Are you familiar with Elizabeth Jones Boswell? I've heard that name. She's, she's in Texas and she studied with Eve as well as with Michelle. And she did not use the jump board with Eve, but she did use the jump board with Michelle following the prescriptions from Eve. Elizabeth was also a dancer. So it's very interesting these, how there are threads that unite all these individuals through this work. You as a teacher and an educator, how do you pass on to your students and new teachers how to look at the body in front of you, just as Ramana shared with us and encouraged us, a la Joe, as, as you are describing, opposed to a formatted routine that may not be right for somebody, how do you get somebody to trust their own knowledge and their own intuition to look at the body in front of them and give what that body needs? It takes a tremendous, well, it takes a tremendous amount of patience to teach that on the part, not just on my part, but on the willingness of my apprentice to begin to see the subtleties of the changes in the body that are happening instantaneously. 
I think there's also very important that they become very good listeners of what the client is describing that they sense. And it is in the marriage of my observation and the storytelling of the client that you begin to format that observational ability and you begin to create a programming that works their strengths and their weaknesses and creates balance in the body. In relationship specifically to the jump board, I tend to very much follow the protocol of the elders that it is for rehabilitational purposes. And I also follow very much the same thought process that is this a necessary skill set that has to be worked on. So therefore, my teaching of the jump board is relatively limited to my average client because I do use it mostly for people who need that skill set. So if it's a dancer, an ice skater, a gymnast, I've never taught a basketball player, but obviously we could extrapolate that. It is very lower body organizationally centric. And there is a tremendous amount of dexterity and coordination that needs to happen in that lower body in order to absorb the forces correctly. And I hesitate to introduce this work to a person who does not need that skill set for their everyday life. Even if they ask for it. Even if they ask for it. But that is my form of working. I understand that there's a lot of individuals and a lot of instructors who find tremendous benefit from using the jump board in very creative ways. That is, I cannot comment on that because that's not my client. And that isn't, I'm not observing that. I just maintain more of a classical structure and format towards the jump board usage. Did you work with Ramona? I did very, very few lessons with her. And it was fascinating to watch her work. I spent many a weekends at Drago's watching her teach. And her ability to pinpoint almost laser-like what the body needed was absolutely magnificent. She's hard to replicate. She had an incredible ability to be charming and engaging with the client and provide a complete lesson and then still stay focused on the apprentices. It was just fascinating to watch her and to see that laser focus that she had. One of the days that I was at the studio, a woman came in and in a very brief conversation, they realized that the woman had been to Joe's studio when Romana was there. And Romana was a very young woman. And she was like, oh, I remember. She actually called Romana honey. I remember you, honey. And um, the first thing the woman asked Romana was, do you think I can do that one exercise where you stand up and you sort of elongate your body out and come right back in? And when she gestured it, 
all of us sort of gasped because she was talking about Snake and Twist. And she had not been on a reformer probably in 40 years. And Romana was very kind to her. And she said, oh, honey, we will get to that at some point, but not today. (laughs) But it was fascinating to see what an impact Joe had had in that woman and how well-versed this woman was that after 40 years, she still sort of had this muscle memory of snake and twist. And for Romana to then... Exactly. I mean, it was also interesting to then watch Romana sort of pare it down without making her feel bad and give her an appropriate lesson. When you had your lessons with Romana, is there anything in particular that you walked away with that you still apply into your own body or your own students that stayed with you? The one cue that stayed with me and to this day I still use is when she was teaching me knee stretches on the reformer. And I remember she stopped me for one moment and she says, as you're returning the carriage, I mean, I'm now I'm paraphrasing, right? Because I mean, I can't remember the exact words, but basically what she was trying to get me to do was to fire in, in very quick succession, knees, thighs, lower abdomen, middle abdomen, upper abdomen, to then bring that carriage in. She's like, I want you to think of that chain just going up, 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 and hugging super tight all the way up on your return, not just my thighs. And that has always stayed with me. So every time I, I do knee stretches, I can't help but think of that feeling that she was trying to impart in me. And I always try to teach that to my students because it was so impactful. And do they understand? They, they feel the knee, thigh, hip, lower abdominal, low back. Over time. Over time. That's great for the mind because otherwise you sit in those quads and you're dying. Exactly. Exactly. She was, she was, it, it was very, very impactful. I don't think I had ever heard it say that way. And nobody has ever described it that way as well as she did that one day. Yes. And it has stayed with me since 1996. So it's been a while. Did you ever hear her say in terms of the very high C curve as if a ship is coming underneath you, where a tall ship is coming underneath those lower ribs? I'm paraphrasing, but to be able to find that high C position? I don't remember that, no. Because that's, a, that's in the work. That's so much of the mm-hmm. technique. Your studio, is your studio open now? It is open virtually. <laughs> and we are, I am in the process of teaching a full training program for the Pilates Standard. We've limited the number of students to five so that we can maintain proper distance and we all wear masks and wash our hands consistently throughout the day and we do not take our masks off when either when either either practicing with each other or when we're teaching that's a challenge isn't it it's a challenge but we're up to the challenge we decided that because we had been able to work as a group together prior to COVID and during the shutdown here in Florida, we continue to see each other and we've all been tested. We know that we're safe and we have been able to maintain this group 
together for that reason. So the circumstances worked very well for us because we have been able to stay together. That's smart. That's fantastic. But we're not introducing anybody else into the group at this point. For our listeners who don't know about Bob Leakins, can you just share a little bit about him? So Bob um, comes to the U.S. as a gram dancer in the 80s, and he gets introduced to the Pilates work. His initial instructors were both Carrie Regan and Phoebe Higgins. And then over time, then Romana took him under his wing. As he described during the LEAP program, she would have her eye looking at him work. And then at some point, then he was called to come start now working with me. And eventually then she started allowing him to teach a few exercises at a time for clients. And that relationship lasted about 18 years, which is a very long time to work side by side with somebody. He also, with Romana, sat down at Romana's kitchen and wrote the initial manual that to this day. I have. Yeah. I have it in my studio. Correct. And if you look at the initial manual, the initial manual says beginner intermediate which is very interesting, although there's some exercises that in our everyday lingo, we would say they're more evolved or more advanced or more of a challenge. The intention was that they would then write a second follow-up, which never happened. It never came through fruition. And it was in now in these past few last years where he then developed that LEAP program, program where then that second manual was written. And that's where all that material sits now. Oh, that's interesting. Do a lot of people know that? I'm not sure that a lot of individuals know that, but that's where that material sits. It's in Bob's, the Pilates Standard LEAP program. And if you want access to that advanced, and I'm assuming a super advanced manuals, you would take the Pilates Standard through you or someone else? Actually, the LEAP program is currently only led by Phoebe Higgins and Petra Carlson. They are currently the only two individuals who are leading the LEAP program. And I think that that's a wonderful thing because you are getting a lot of Bob through both Phoebe and Petra, his former business uh, partner. Um, I think over time, maybe the opportunity will be passed on to some of us that are teacher trainers for the the Pilates standard. But at this point, I think Phoebe and Petra are the perfect people to teach that program. If people want to know more about them and certainly about you, how do they get in touch with you and the others? My email is Nora at atelierpilates.com. You can also find me under atelierpilates.com. And for the Pilates standard, you can just Google the Pilates standard. And they have a wonderful page in many, many languages. Make sure you click on the British flag for English. And you can find all of their offerings for workshops, full comprehensive training, mat training, as well as the LEAP offerings in the Pilates standard webpage directly with them. Fantastic. Nora, 
You are fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me again. It's such a pleasure. Yes. And I think the jump board mystery has been cleared up thanks to you. I am sure there's more to be found. I think I've done a good dent, but I am sure that there are a few more individuals out there that I would love to hear from them to continue to add to this story because I do believe that there are still individuals out there that have more information that can hopefully they can share with me and I can add to it. And perhaps there is a future book. Or at least an article. (laughs) More than an article, girl. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, Nora. You're very welcome. Anytime. For those of you who use the jump board, what did you think of Nora's discovery? Share on All Things Pilates with Darian Gold Facebook page. All Things Pilates is produced and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Podcast production is provided by Audio Ephemera. I'm Andy, the audio engineer for All Things Pilates, and I'm also a student of Darian's. My Pilates practice has strengthened my core and, more importantly, given me a new awareness of my body and its abilities. Darian doesn't hold back, but it's fun, and I always leave my sessions feeling energized. And I'm not the only one. Pilates is definitely one form of body conditioning that if you haven't got it in yourself, you cannot give it. And Darian Gold has got it. With the depth of experience working in her own body and getting the method in her own body and working with other bodies, she has so much potency to offer to anybody who wants to receive this method. I love her classes. She knows how to challenge everybody, whether you're an athlete or a dancer or someone who doesn't come from a background of movement. She is excellent with cueing. She's precise. She demands perfection. And in that, you really feel that you have accomplished something when you work with Darian. She's masterful. I love her classes. Visit DarianGold.com to view her online class schedule. Also, try one of her apps, available on the App Store or Google Play. And to keep up with Darian and all her new interviews, subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, land softly.